something like that, east, he can just go out to the promised land. And they were thinking that they were almost there. And they were having a great jubilee of shouting and praising God and seeing what God had did for them. And how this been hard to make them believe that they were 40 years away from that promise, the full promise of God that is promised. Grace had provided them a great thing. Grace had provided them a Passover lamb. Grace had provided them a prophet. And grace had provided them an angel. The Passover lamb was for their sins. Their prophet was their instructor. The angel was their guide. Grace had provided everything for them. But in spite of all of that, they went along. And this grace had provided them an escape out of Egypt before they had any law. That grace had provided them one of the greatest revivals that they'd ever had. In this revival, they had seen great powers of God. In this revival, they had seen sunshine while the rest of the world was in darkness. In this revival, they had seen the mighty hand of God deliver the innocent people, bringing them from bondage into liberty. And in this revival, after they crossed over the Red Sea, they found all their enemies dead in the Red Sea behind them. Why would they want to add anything to that? They stand just about like our Pentecostal fathers did about 40 years ago or so. After we had seen the same thing that they had seen, one of the mightiest revivals that the church ever had, being divine healing, the people brought out a bondage, being bound by fetters of denominations and so forth and brought out into a freedom. Grace had provided them everything they had need of. An angel of God to lead them. Prophet, great man. I heard them say the other day that a Zeusa Street meeting, when they had it over here in California, that they thought it was a disgrace when they ever introduced songbooks to the church. They sang in the Spirit. Just as the Spirit gave them utterance, they sang. They danced in the Spirit. They had a great time. And it accepted the Word of God and sanctification to separate them from their sins, and they know they'd pass from death unto life. What a revival they were having some 40 years ago. But as Israel did, so did our fathers. Make a fatal mistake. One thing is held them in the Word is another 40 years. To find out that instead of being satisfied with what they had and what God had done for them, and seeing the works of his hands, the fruit of grace, providing everything they had need of, even to so much as they didn't have to have a songbook. I wish I could have seen that in them days. But Israel, after all those things, Israel in the natural, just as Israel in the spiritual. Just as God was taking his people to a promised land in the natural, he's taking his church to a promised land in the spiritual. And uh, they was on their road, having a great time, but yet they 
after great test providers, everything that they had need of, yes, they wanted something to do themselves. Something they could show God they had something to do in good. And that's what the church, when it gets in that condition, is always when they lose out. As when you try, or I try, or any man tries to put his hand on the work of God, to add something to it or take something away from it. We must leave it just the way that God provides it for us. Just let the revival move on as the Spirit moves on. These people are only eight or ten days away from the full promise of God if they would have followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. These people in this day, our fathers, were just a few days away from the fullness of God's promise if they just went ahead and followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. But we had to do something like they did. The most fatal mistake that Israel ever made was Exodus 19. And the grace had provided them all these things and had given them a revival, they still required a law. So they could have schools, theological, trained ministers, and, well, just be like the rest of the people. Something they could fuss about. Something they could separate one another. Wake up a fellowship or brotherhood. We believe this and we believe that. If they just let it go on the way God had it going, it would have been all right. But we always try to put our ideas in it. That when we inject our ideas, in, when we inject our theology into God's Spirit, it takes God's Spirit away. That's the way it was in that day. They were on the road, but they wanted something they could do themselves. Through their fussing and through their hang on, they found out then that they draw the Spirit of God away from them. It was a great mistake. It was a great mistake when we did the same thing, our fathers, when the Holy Spirit first fell in Azusa Street and many other parts of the world. If we would just let it go on, leading out the Spirit, keep the world out, go on and let the Holy Spirit be, we're the guns in the promised land. <laughs> but we've been 40 something years away from it. Just as they did. So have we. Something came into the church, another issue, and we wanted to denominate ourselves. Instead of just going ahead and loving the brethren, going on, well, why not leave it alone? Every plant that my Heavenly Father has his land will be rooted up anyhow. So what good does it do us to draw some of denominational bears to keep the other fellow out? We always mess up something. I heard a little story going something like this. That maybe it is appropriate to say in a pulpit over a very still bunch of people as I have the privilege of speaking to you. But said two monkeys were sitting in the tree, looking at each other. And they looked down and seen the poor human beings. And they said, Aren't they visible? And they say that they came from us. That's mistaken. <laughs> no one I ever said to my coconut tree to keep my brother monkey from not eating the same coconut as I that's human beings. The church has always been that way. One time, when Israel wanted to act like the rest of the nation, they wanted a king. They wanted Samuel to give them a king. Well, Samuel told them that this won't work. God is your king. Just let God be your king. But they wanted a king because they wanted to act like the rest of the nation. They wanted to act like the Philistines and the rest of the nation. Pattern after the world instead of letting God be their king. Hallelujah. Daniel told us. 
God said <coughs> to Samuel, Samuel was faithful old prophet, called Israel up and said, Have I ever told you anything in the name of the Lord for what comes to pass? Have I ever told you anything in the name of the Lord that did not come to pass? Have I ever begged you for your money or taken anything away from you? No, you have not begged our money, said Israel. Neither have you told us anything in the name of the Lord that did not come to pass, but still we want to keep anyhow. See, man wants to do something himself. He wants to show his authority. He wants to show how big he is or how much different he can be from somebody else, from the rest of people. That's what God goes out of the picture. Just exactly. Now, as Israel was, always has been, just as it was then, there was a mixed world of Israel. Some of them wanted one thing, some wanted another. That's the way we get it today, and usually, the one on the other side is the one that we are with. It's the same way as the Nineteen Council, when our churches are set up. One wanted one thing and one another. The little Pentecostal group was pushed on the outside. The organization took it over. And the deeds of the Nicolaitans became a doctrine at the Nineteen Council. They formed their own faith, put up their own man, taking all the... Nickel, as I said the other day, means conqueror. Nickelodeon means to conquer the lady and put all the holiness in the night. Do as you want to and pay the money into the church and let the man do the forgiveness and Let him be your friend and so forth. That's not God's will. God's will is not enough to lay it to everybody. You're an individual. God dealt with Israel as a nation. You and I as individuals. We try to answer before God for our sins. And we see that that mixed multitude. Well, this is two sons of Isaac and Rebekah represent the world over. Every time there's a revival, there's twins born. Every time we have a revival, twins are born. Esau and Jacob are twins. One of them was a man after the world. The other was spiritual. Uh, Esau, just as good a man as Jacob was, if you look at him, he liked to take care of his old blind father, which was a prophet. He was a good boy. Morally, I guess, all right. But, and he helped work, and perhaps Jacob was just a mama's boy. Hung around the uh, mama, and just sweet all a little city. And so, he saw his love. A man of the world, natural, never cared us about the birthright. But the Jacob, it didn't make any difference to how he got it. There was only one thing he had in his mind, that was the birthright. Yeah. No matter what anything else or how he got it, that's the way it is with the spiritual born church. When the Catholic Church had a revival, when Luther had a revival, when Wesley had a revival, Knox, Calvin, all down through the ages, it's produced twins. And when Pentecost had a revival, it produced twins. When Moses had a revival down in Egypt, it produced twins. A mixed multitude. One to, one to the world, it wants to act like the world, be like the world, and pattern their message with the world. The others don't care about what the world says, how classic it looks, or how unclassic it looks. They got one thing in common that's hold on to the birthright. Yeah. Keep a hold of God. Just the way it's always been. That's the way it is just today, my friend. Yeah. Hold on to the birthright. Jacob, he said, make any difference how much they call him a sissy, how much, what he, how he got it, just so we need God. That's the way it is today. Makes no difference. The people who are spiritual, and uh, many times the churches are compromising. They get so to just shake hands with the preacher. As David, you preach well preached it not long ago, 
that God don't have any grandchildren. That is true. Our Pentecostal churches are bringing in dirt young ones, bring them up on the seat, and such are members of the church. They never come through the process of being born again and filled with the Holy Ghost and upon their own. We take them into the church. What do we got? A bunch of flat top haircuts, wickies, running out on the street or something like the rest of the world. Women with bobbed hair, wearing makeup, and everything else. It's a trying to paralyze the world instead of going back to the spiritual thing. We have our great moves and our great big churches and trying to be bigger the other fellow and snoring the other fellow over working for our organizations, denominations. What have we got? We're hatching out a bunch of high-bred people instead of born again children of God. That's right. Hybrid. One of the nations of the world. Hybrid can never cross himself again. When a mule is ever born, a mule cannot be nothing else but a mule. Yeah. That's all he is. He's born. He's a mule. He's a half-breed. He's between a horse and a mule. He don't know who his papa is, who his mom is, where he comes from, where he's going. He's just ignorant as he can be. He has not no, no gentleness to him. You can talk to him and just stick his ears out and nigger. Oh, oh, with his big ears out. Sometimes I get around a priest, a lot of that in you, that knows more about God than a hot and hot knows about a gift tonight. Stick your ears out and say, Well, the James of Miracles is fast. There's one that says, It's a high brand. Yeah. He might belong to a Pentecostal organization. That might belong to any other organization. But a born again young woman, I think I love is a hybrid horse. Or not a hybrid horse, a real gentle pedigree horse. What I like is a pedigree, Pentecostal experience. One who knows where they come from, knows what's got them over there, and knows where they're going. With a spirit of gentleness, sweetness, and holy spirit. Some of power is to fellowship, reach across the line, shake hands with any brother. Take him in. He's a brother citizen of the same kingdom. No matter how he was baptized or sprinkled or poured or what he did, he's still in his head or jumped up and down or whatever he got, he's a brother anyway. Once he got the Holy Ghost, he's your brother. And a real pedigree kind again, Pentecostal man and woman, believe that with all your heart. That's without their sound. Certainly. No. These twin revivals, one brings forth a man that wants to be intellectual, wants to be in school. They're trying to dodge that issue of new birth. The church is trying to dodge it. The day we take the people in for water baptism, put them in the church for water baptism. You might put them in the church for water baptism, but you'll never put them in the Christ for water baptism. You've got to be born in there by the Spirit. Amen. I've also said, I'll say again, I don't care what kind of a birth it is, any birth is a man. If it's in a pig pen, or if it's in a corn shop, or if it's in a pig decorating the hospital room, it's a man. And so is the new birth of man. It'll make you do things that you never thought you would do. It'll make you weep, bow, cry, and raise up your hands and tell all kinds of shines and everything else. And you'll act just straight to the poor, starchy, self-styled group. But you don't care as long as you get birth out of it. You've got to be born. Being born to you, coming into new birth, coming to a place where we're trying to stop the issue by taking in members. I to beat this other fellow. Our organization's growing higher than the other. Is this open now? Nothing. Not a thing. It's the kingdom of God, if I count. Yeah. We're all working for one place. I belong to the Baptist Church and the Assemblies of the Sunday and the Treatments and the Fathers or whatever it was. We want to be working for one principle. That's for our Heavenly Father. They get born again children into that kingdom up there. 
Outside of that, we're working in vain. We're trying to do something for a man-made institution that'll fall as sure as two shoes are four. Don't fall, it's a man. That's the ball. Only God thinks things. Have nothing against them. That's fine and dandy. But when we draw those barriers that we cannot fellowship with the other fellow, that's when it gets bad. I've been given out and told that I dislike organizations. I like the people in the organization. But that is the organization designed as long as you don't draw a stop and say, we need this and you need the rest of it, stay away from it, and we'll not cooperate with that business name group or anything as long as they do like the way they'll be an organization. When they get to be an organization, I'm getting away from them. That's exactly right. I don't believe in this stuff. I believe that we are brothers and have fellowship and power and leading of the Spirit. That's exactly what I like about it. A mixed policy. They had a law. They went to Minnesota. I got a law. So they did. Well, they have doctor's degrees, PhD and LLDs, USDs, and all kinds of things. And so the first thing you know, it got them in trouble. Now, the law served its purpose. It was all right in its day. The law did all right in its day. It served its purpose. So has the denomination done all right. It's all right in its purpose. But remember, the law never comes into the promised land. Joshua took them over. Great. Not the law. Neither will the denomination, any denomination ever take the church of God over. It'll be the grace of God that shut up out of our hearts. I'm going to keep the Holy Ghost and take us into the promised land, into the fullness of God's blessing. Certainly it is. They make a fatal mistake when they do those things. It served its purpose very well. But the time come when it wasn't no good no more. God let it die out so he could take grace and take them across the position places into the places of the promised land. All the grace of God, whatever it is, prophets, teachers, so forth. Now the denomination can't do that. They'll have a bunch of presidents lay hands on it, walking in the water, and throwing water on them. It's got to take the Holy Ghost to separate me, Paul and Barnabas. It takes the Holy Ghost yet to separate a man and woman in faith and when it's presenting the gospel in Christ. That is true. Now, we find out they journeyed from their event to Tanisarnia. Tanisarnia, they made the most fatal mistake they ever did make. Israel made a real mistake when she came to California. Well, they had, then they had their 12 different heads, 12 different groups of them. And they sent them up to the promised land to spy out to see what they could get, any information from the inside. When they come back, we find out that some of the group said it's impossible to take it. We just can't do it. It's too much of a job. We're a little bitty fellows up the side of the land. We look like grasshoppers. There was two that had evidence. They'd been somewhere. When they come back, they had the fruits of the land. They come back to know that they had been over and brought back the evidence that it was a good land. Well, that's about the way we get it out of a, a revival, about two in a sentence. Just about like getting the music take. About two out of a good sentence. And the first thing you know, Dr. Wayne Taylor come back with the evidence that it was a good land. They had an evidence, a evidence, but that wasn't all the evidence. They just had one evidence. That's what the Pentecostals got. When they crossed over the land into the wilderness, over the Red Sea, and found their enemies dead, they began speaking in tongues as an evidence that they'd been over there. They know there was something good. They know there was a land somewhere that was beyond anything we reached yet. That's right, but that's not all the things. We settled out on that, went to see on that. Right. God said if there be one among you to come in and speak with tongues, the other one come in, they'll say, well, they're all mad. But if one will prophesy and reveal the secrets of the heart, then they'll fall on and say, 
truly God is with you. Paul said that. Why will we stop all our evidence of speaking in tongues, being the Holy Ghost with you? All right, that's true. That's the evidence of the Holy Ghost. But just look at the other things that goes in there. But as soon as we did it, we had to denominate ourselves to keep the others out, build up a fence around our coconut tree that nobody else would even offer this but us. That's the reason the rest of us couldn't get anywhere. It's our own selfish ideas. Instead of letting the Holy Spirit lead us all out. And then we waited for four years and nothing happened. Yes, still staying in the same place, same old name. Oh my, we find out that they made a fatal mistake. And they're raising up a big bunch of fires. That's what we had, a big bunch of fire. One said, Let's go out on the assemblies. You all want this, don't you have to do it? You want church of God? We got it. Church of God, let's God, we're the ones that's got it. We got the prophets I've made. The one that says we got it because we baptized by it. Hallelujah. A bunch of fighters, God says, they just check out your team's died. Amen. Right. The Bible says they stay down until all the old fighters die out. Jesus said, this is what I'm going to do. 
all men know you are my disciples. But love one for the other. That's the greatest evidence of the Holy Ghost I know of. When you can love one another. Love one another. That's, uh, that's a great command. Great thing. Oh, you speak with tongues and heaven angels. You have not love, it's promised you nothing. See, don't organize that thing. You don't just evidence the Holy Ghost, but you know that I believe it's you. But where can you more than that? Excuse me, my colored friends. Like the coming in down south of deep watermelon. To get him a little bit of life, stop back up that far to More watermelon than that. So how'd you like it, Sambo? So that's good, but there's more of it. That's just saying this when I get a taste of God. When the Holy Ghost comes into the needy. That's good, but I want more of it. There's 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 more of it. It's taken on now. All years. We've stayed in our denomination. All years. This way and that way. Do you ever think what those people done out there for all years? We're sure God was with them. You think what about? Yes. They've been out there for all years. And they raised children, got God's for them, had good crops. They've done a lot of good out there. God bless them, and healed their sickness. There wasn't a single one among them when they came out of the womb. But you let them stay right there, you let them up like a fire and say, all died out. That's just exactly what he's done today. Turn us right down, join the singers and join the churches out and join this and join that giant door and jump over. Until we sat here and raised children and bought flat racks and prospered in business and everything else. Um, but the end of the 40 years is up, brother. There's a new generation been raised up. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. There was a Joshua raised up one day who absolutely breathed God's word every bit of the promise. Not only to take care of you and bless you your business and so forth, but there's none of it now. God's done the same thing today. I believe that this full gospel businessman's organization is part of God's program. I'm not saying they're going to stand here before, but if I did, I'd be a hypocrite. I mean it because they have not drawn down a stake and say, this organization or that organization, they stretch the line far enough that they can take it all. And that's the reason I'm right out there today because they're in the very program that I believe is right. It was just in the singers of God, to the church of God, to the four square, to the PAJD, PAFW, United, everybody, whosoever will let him come, that he might drink as a water, a passenger, out of the God's place. No matter if you're riding one hump camel, two hump, three hump, or how many humps you got in here, you know, the God, don't make any difference. That's why I'm trying to drink all of the church at this house. That's where they come together. That's the reason I'm part of the businessmen around. Because in that, I can speak to all of them and get my message over to them. To let them know that this is the thing I believe in. I believe this business may take you all of it. They got to be a part of it. They can be an example of what God can do when men can come together and break their denominational barriers. I believe that these men here you see now, these younger fellows, that are in some church, it's the fruits of sons of the old fathers. But these fellows are not fathers. The new group wasn't fighters. You let all the old fighters die out. When the old fighters died out, he took their sons and raised up among them, jumped away, and sent over to the four promises. I believe that that's what we're seeing today. I believe that's what this Christian businessman organization is doing. God has used it mightily, and you'll continue to do it as long as you keep that denominational barriers broke down. They don't tell you what church is wrong, do wrong anything you want to. But they're trying to get you. Get away from the old fighter disposition. Back to where these rooms put our arms around any brother. These Methodist, Presbyterian, Baptist, Wonder Street, or whatever he is, put our arms around any brother. Don't fight and love you. Amen. Hey, 
history that's going on. I think that the church really, uh, any church organization, drives off the life of Christ. I believe it. Because it's nothing that's been grasped or added in here. If the taking the power out of the way of you, putting it up on a minister or a bishop or whatever it might be, like the Revelation says, that the seeds of the Nicolaitis, Nicolas, the overturned laity, I think that a meeting like this, it gives God a chance to work for the laity. The power of God works in the land. Now, this was in 